Podcast Marcus with Chip Nangler. Chip is with Blue Reef Agri Marketing in Morton, Illinois. And this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Dawson Tire and Wheel, your premier ag tire and wheel provider in North America, as well as Tractor Zoom delivering insights. Dry Shod Boots is the official work boot of the Moving Iron Podcast. And Chip, how you doing this morning, man? Doing well. It's uh, it's Friday, and uh, I'll tell you what, the last two weeks, each week seems like it's about a month long. It's uh, yeah. you talk about changes and the news coming and volatility and uh, it's it's crazy times out there it is definitely that and if you take a look at what's happened in uh, the corn and bean market over the last uh, two weeks it's been up and down and everything in between um, corn and beans both fight back uh, from starting out down a few cents every day to up just a quarter or, or breaking even or something like that so there's a lot of uh a lot of mixed things going on out there. This job report that's going to come out here uh, next week is going to have a uh, have a big uh, splash in the market, like you would expect it to. Uh, especially with algorithms trading everything, they they get a report and they see what happens, and then they they're programmed to do you know B. If A happens, we're going to do B type of thing. And and uh, you got to think three and a half million people on a uh, on the jobless board. Um, haven't seen that since. Uh, I don't think we've ever seen that actually. I think during the depression, it wasn't even that bad. So. Um, I guess, give me your kind of synopsis or your your opinion of kind of what happened over the last uh, last week here and, and, and kind of how things are shaping up. Yeah, well, uh, in spite of that jobless report being about double what they expected, I think the average um, you know estimate was about 1.6 million and it came in uh, just shy of 3.3 million. <clears throat> Probably be a big number next week. Uh, as as you mentioned, the stock market's had a a pretty healthy bounce off the lows, and 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 I think it uh, honestly could be just a dead cat bounce as we're as we're recording this uh, Friday morning here. It's uh, futures are down about six hundred and fifty points on the Dow. <clears throat> uh, into the quarter, there's some rebalancing going on. the The stock market uh, felt uh, at least a little bit optimistic about this um, this multi trillion dollar a package that's supposedly going to pass the Senate today. We'll see about that. Um, and so the, the, the markets, the, the commodity markets, have somewhat divorced themselves a little bit from the stock market. And we're trading uh, a little more fundamentally based. <clears throat> but the, the weird thing is we're reacting to, uh, you know, we've had about a 60-cent rally in beans off the lows from a week ago. We've had almost a dollar rally in wheat off the lows from a week ago and it's not like there's any shortage of beans in the world or shortage of wheat in the world but what the market's reacting to is uh the supply chain uh snafus that are popping up in different parts of the world uh the bean market's very concerned about uh, some problems in south america <clears throat> there have been a couple crush plants that have been closed in argentina uh, there's kind of back and forth, a little bit of mixed news in Brazil 
you know, initially the major grain companies came out and said, no, we're going to, we're, we're open. We're going to keep shipping beans and, and, uh, and products out. But as this, as they're going into their cooler time now and, and going into winter, there's some fears that uh, this virus thing could really flare up in the Southern hemisphere. And in particular, there's one town in, in Brazil that is uh, taking some measures and that's where a couple of uh, ter- grain terminals are. So point being, there's some fear now that, you know, maybe what, would have been uh, reliable suppliers, South America being one for beans, Russia and France being another one for wheat. Um, in fact, there's some some talk this morning that that Russia um, may, they're not going to ban exports, but they're going to limit them uh, for the time being on wheat. And that's what's got the wheat market fired up. So, you know, if you, it's not like there aren't supplies of beans and wheat in the world. But they're getting clamped down for one reason or another, and and we're going to be the beneficiary of that in the short run. Our export sales report yesterday was was really good in everything across the board. Now that had that China business in there from the week before, but beyond that was really good. Corn, beans, wheat, everything <clears throat> was really good last week. So we're seeing the benefit of that, and and that's you know short run positive for us in beans and and wheat, and we could keep going higher. But I don't think that's something that we should think is going to last forever, you know, because if Brazil gets it figured out and, you know, starts putting beans back out um, a little more reliable, you know, that, you know, puts a cap on it. And, you know, keep in mind, we're, what, 70 days away, roughly, from having new crop wheat supplies in the northern hemisphere available as harvest starts, uh, you know, a couple months down the road here. So. Um, there are opportunities, I guess, is my point uh, in this. And, and corn is the real, the real laggard. And that you don't even need to look at a corn chart; just pull a, a crude oil chart up, and that's that's what we're trading until the crude oil situation kind of gets itself fixed a little bit, which could take a lot of time. You know, there's ethanol plants shutting down, uh, going to you know half production or sixty percent production. Uh, we're really just shuttering. Uh, ethanol production in this country and even before the virus hit we were basically sitting at record ethanol stocks and so that's the big issue in the corn market um, here going forward and that's why it's been a more of a laggard um, because you know we've reduced five and a half billion bushels of of corn for ethanol uh, in in a year there's a lot of estimates that right now we got 20 to 30 percent of that production shut down um you know, plants turned off and then that, you don't just turn those back on, um, you know, in, in a matter of 24, 48 hours, that takes, uh, several days to weeks to get fired back up. So how long is that going to last? I, I don't know, but it's really doing some damage on the corn demand side of the equation right now. Yeah. The other side of this that, that has been a bit of a, a you know, a V bottom, trough or, or whatever they whatever you call that the uh, beef side of the business you know the uh, the, the run on hamburger and uh, other box beef at the uh, at the grocery store has uh, has done a lot of good things for the beef here in a while I mean we were at below the Tyson fire lows there for a minute now we're, we've shot back up to that and yesterday looked like there were some pretty sharp downward trends in uh, in the beef market there so I guess talk about the cattle market right now and what you see there yeah, cattle market is a prime example of what we were just talking about with, you know, these disruptions. 
Um, I don't know that it's any brand new demand that we've seen. In fact, uh, beef exports for three or four weeks, uh, even before this virus hit, had really been lagging a little bit. And so it's not like it's brand new demand um, that, that came. It just was front loaded, uh, you know, and, and and I'm certainly not an expert in the <clears throat> on the exact demand side on on beef and pork here. But I, in my simple uh, brain, here's here's the way I, I see it. Right. If I usually buy uh, a pound of beef a week and, um, you know, had fears that, well, they're going to close everything down and I went and bought. Uh, my normal pound of beef that I that I use uh, plus another five pounds and put it in the freezer. Um, I'm not. I'm no longer going to buy a pound of beef a week. So we had this massive drawdown um, on the shelves, and because people were essentially increasing their their short run, they were hoarding uh, or, or stocking up, and it created this vacuum of um, you know supply out there. And so we had to rush to to refill that supply. Now, obviously restaurants are closed. Some are still open for, for carryout, but obviously that volume is like way, way down. Some estimate 90% um, reduction in volume of restaurants right now, even with the carryout happening. Um, and so we've had massive swings, you know, even right now we traded about 119, 120 cash this week. And in April futures are we're limit down yesterday one hundred five and a half, and and part of the reason we stopped rallying so sharply is the box beef market finally had a little tick lower, and so maybe we're getting closer to equilibrium. So you could still see massive swings here if the cash trade holds up at you know let's call it one twenty for the next three weeks. Uh, April cattle are fifteen dollars under price right now. If you start seeing you know cash market. Uh, back off a little bit, three, four, five bucks a week for a couple of weeks, then we're probably pretty fairly priced here. My fear on, on um, going forward is, you know, A, how long does this last before we kind of get to the, the uh, you know, back half of the curve on this virus thing and get people back to work and out in public? Um, and, and so there could be a little bit of hangover in, in demand on, you know, like the June contract and, and going out into, into summer. Um, underlying all this though is China's getting back to work. It's pretty apparent that they're trying to get back to normal slowly, but surely. And, and there's a lot of talk, you know, on this phase one trade deal, we saw them buy some, uh, corn and, and beans and wheat a week ago. They've been a regular buyer in, in small amounts of pork, but, uh, there's some hope and expectations. They're going to be a buyer of beef going forward. And, and that would change the equation a little bit, but you know, this thing is just, there's no more volatile market than we've seen even the stock market. Uh, than the cattle market here over the last uh, two or three weeks. Uh, the hog market is is much the same, except we just have too big of a supply in, in hogs. We had a hogs and pigs report out yesterday. Uh, and it's just, I mean, we're just on an upward trajectory for, I don't know, at least five, if not seven years. We're just expanding three to 4% a year in, in you know, on the hog side. And uh, yesterday, that hogs and pigs report... Well, there was nothing really friendly in it. Uh, the, all the numbers were, you know, increases and, in, you know, up towards the high end of expectations on the, on the ranges. And we just are swimming in massive um, supplies of pork. Uh, now, we have had a, a bounce. Um, you know, we had that same bounce in, in pork that we had in, in uh, you know, on the cattle side, on the beef side. But it, because the supplies are bigger, 
it, it was kind of more muted on the on the hog side and uh you know we're just kind of stuck here we couldn't even get the april um you know close to 70 you didn't spend much time north of 70 in the june hogs and they got hammered uh you know basically limit down <clears throat> yesterday as well so we yeah we've got some issues out there with supply is the problem of, of everything and um you know the, the demand and, and the supply disruptions right now make it feel like there's shortages of things here and there. And there are in the short run as people scramble to get supplies from somewhere that, you know, they normally wouldn't, but uh, it's really causing some erratic trade. And, you know, the spread markets are normally a little more reliable and they're all out of whack. And this thing is just really crazy. And, uh, Bottom line, Casey, you know, if you're a producer, whether it's, you know, on the grain side, on the cattle side, on the hog side, you got to really, really be paying attention here. And uh, and there's opportunities. These moves come so fast. You know, we we do a week's worth of movement in cattle literally in, in a day, day and a half. And yeah. so you have massive, you know, $8, $10 swings and things. And you have opportunities, but if you're not ready to act or have orders out there, you know, you blink and you look at the your quotes again and you know, with these expanded limits, you're also you're like, Wow, that was we're nine literally nine dollar from limit up to limit down, expanded nine dollar difference in cattle in one day. Yeah. It's seen it happen, it's probably gonna happen again. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. All right, Chip, good time to talk about a plan. A lot of crazy things going on there, just like you alluded to. What's the best place to to find you to go do that or, or just to pick your brain about some stuff that's going on out there? Yeah, just call our office, and, and that number is 309-550-7213. Uh, we're all working from home. We're open for business, and uh, that, that office number rolls over to our cell phone. So uh, don't hesitate to give us a call, talk about um, you know what's going on in these markets and what, uh, what your plan is and what it should be uh, going forward here. Well, good deal. Well, I'm Casey Seymour. Make sure you check me out on social media at Moving Iron LLC. Also, check out my website, movingironllc.com, for all the uh, Moving Iron stuff that you can ever want and, and more. And then also check out uh, the Global Ag Network and all the people out there, the great podcasters on that platform. So for Casey Seymour and Chip Nellier, let's go move some iron, folks. Out. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hard-working people working hard for you and me Moving higher time and time again Through the years you'll find us here Moving